Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. You are here at Jill's Journals Out Loud. Today is Thursday. We're, I cannot believe, at the end of August here, uh, and just on the cusp of September, which will soon be fall. Time is moving so quickly. But I have to say, at least as of this recording, there's a lot less chaos in the world this August than I thought there would be. So fingers crossed that we move forward with some version of the chaos level we have right now. So what we're going to do is the same as last week. It's going to be kind of a two-part podcast. Uh, The first part, part is kind of the what and the why. And the second part is for paid subscribers, which is for those of you who want to actually do the work, which means uh, we are not just gathering information, we're actively consolidating that information and then applying, integrating, uh, using it as we adapt into this ever-changing world. Uh, You know, and that takes a lot of courage to be willing to do the work. So some of you who email me and let me know what's going on with you and you're doing the work, can I just say how happy that makes me that anything I have to offer is facilitating that process because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, now that I'm old, I understand that the big stuff is irrelevant. It's really just the tiny day-to-day stuff that counts. Uh, Life is made up of just all these little tiny moments and what seem like inconsequential decisions. And when we start to break it down at that level, that's when we actually see change. But here's the secret. Most people don't want to change. They want everything and everything around, everyone and everything around them to change. And so uh, I am dedicated to those of you like me who are wired for danger. Our nervous system can't help itself. We run into this conflict, the danger, the problem, sometimes to our own detriment, but it's just part of who we are. And that's the work we are doing. We're not saving the world. We're just getting through. And so what I wanted to talk about today in relationship to all of that is I want to go back to this idea that we are in a war. Now, I don't want to talk about it as in a normal discussion of war because we're not in a war that anybody has experienced or will recognize unless you really are paying attention. And that becomes, you know, if you're seeing and hearing what's happening now. And we're in this really kind of bizarro world, right, where what everybody's seeing and what everybody's hearing, it's always been slightly different from person to person, but now it's radically different person to person. And, you know, I'm, I've espoused over and over again, like, I don't want to share my opinions, you know, I don't want to lecture, I don't want to preach, blah, blah, blah. But whenever I listen to anybody else talk, I'm all opinion, all lecture, all, I don't want to say I'm right, but I get aggravated when the uh, information being offered is flying in the face of things that are not only true, but they're dangerous. They're dangerous to me, they're dangerous to you. And as I was listening uh, to a short blurb by Marjorie Taylor Greene, dangerous to children. And, you know, for me, that's always been the line in the sand is the vulnerability and innocence of a child or an animal. If we just watch that happen and we are passive in the face of that, 
something is wrong with us. We either have some kind of injury within our own psyche that needs to be addressed. Uh, we have other rather nefarious things going on with ourself. Uh, we might be a freeze or flight person. We can't look because it's too scary. Uh, but there's a, a tiny percentage of us that are built to look at that and not to stare at it indefinitely because that will just take you out. But, but the seeing and the hearing and the knowing that there are things happening that require mature, grown-up, focused, committed, disciplined adults to take it on is just a real thing. And it's easy to blow off and pretend like it's not happening, but in the midst of a war, in the midst of a spiritual moment in which we really are having this uh, apocalypse, which really means pulling back the veil, uh, secrets revealed, you know, it's you just can't pretend like it's not happening anymore. I mean, you can try really hard, but I'm not talking to those who don't want to know because I can't do anything for you or with you. I can intellectually understand it but I can't emotionally get on board with anybody who prefers to live in denial at the cost of the awareness that there's real things happening and our everyday tiny actions and our tiny inconsequential decisions are contributing to the problem and you know 10 years ago I knew about it but I had no idea about the depth and scope and I did what I could, but I burned out, you know, and I had to walk away from doing the in-person stuff as a social worker. It just consumed, it would just ruin my life. So I'm not talking about being in the trenches for the entire time. We all have a different place. And somebody put in the comments that, uh, how they were told at one point that sometimes if you can just hold the light and stand still that's enough and that's exactly what I'm trying to do with you I'm not trying to get you to do anything but if we can just shift our focus into what I'm calling you know the calm in the storm if we can move out of the chaos and find that stillness in the midst of the war then we especially as women I don't think this is the role for men I think men need to get off their rumps and go out and be physically part of these processes that are happening right now out in our world uh, but I think the power especially of older women because physically you know that's not our job to go to the front line and hold a gun but our superpower which I think a lot about you know as my physical world declines I think our superpower is our focus uh, our emotional maturity our life discipline is in place hopefully and uh, we can see the bigger picture within the context of our tiny life and that's really where I think uh, I want to be able to work with you not because I think I'm right that's what drives me crazy about the opinionations right I'm only right from my perspective and belief at this point in time in my own development and my ability to see and hear what is the truth but I just don't think there's a lot of confusion around this idea <laughs> that if you are participating in any way uh, to creating harm especially for those little life forces life spirits that are in the world and they're innocent vulnerable stage and there's more to that than I'm saying but we're not going to make it complicated that if you have no compassion to at least not contribute to the problem then you know I, I don't know how to converse with you or be a part of your world 
and I just that to me is like that is really hard for me to get past uh, and not everybody has this incredible urge like some of us do like what is the truth I don't need to be right about the truth I just want to understand what it is and so that's what I'm trying to do not tell you what I think and asking you to believe me but to be the storm which I you know I've thought a lot about which is disruption it's uh, I was listening to a gal who was uh, yesterday that kind of set me off on this who's you know she's an, a woman with ADHD and she's all over the place and her latest all over the place is she wants to be a trauma therapist and she sees herself as a cultural uh, disruptor a disruptor of cultural trends and I'm listening to her story not hearing any real trauma but she has that kind of you know baby trauma that's gotten so popular in the the world today especially the therapeutic world everything's a trauma everybody's been traumatized uh, there's like no normal it's just everybody's been traumatized and how her perception of disrupting cultural norms is to create a snowflake culture and you know having been down that path you know my my belief my experience is that we need to get tougher in the world and softer in our heart versus softer in our world and weaker and uh, out of out of touch in our heart so that's the way I see it I think our physical ability to see and hear things that are uncomfortable what physically we have to be in the world we really have to toughen up uh, and internally we need to you know shift our perceptions in the same way and so you know I'm out of alignment with traditional therapists I can't participate in those systems anymore because I could never get insurance to reimburse me if I said the truth uh, that you know and a lot of therapy is just or mental health is just nutritional it's a gut issue I mean there's so many things uh, it's a perspective issue it's a need to be special a need to be a victim uh, you know there's so much crap out there and the reason why this is important to me is I feel like it takes away from the real people and animals who have been traumatized we're so focused on our hangnails being traumatic that you know we're we're clogging up the system so the people who've experienced real trauma who need real help uh, get left by the wayside because they're hard to deal with they take a lot of energy they take way more resources as a therapist or a doctor or anybody right it's much easier to deal uh, with the patient who shows up on time and pays their insurance and complies with your every uh, request then the you know the person that's kind of out of control and all over the walls or is in prison but those are the people that really <laughs> need healing but we're devoting our resources you know to people who are just kind of uh, it's easy to make money off of them you know so uh, I, I take issue with that but we're just you know what I what I bring that up because as I'm listening to her you know I've talked about this before is what a luxury culture and society has to sit around and think about our feelings and our childhood you know while we can turn on the lights and while the grocery store is full and we can gas up our car and we can go to our job remotely that pays us really well uh, and we can connect with people all over the world because we have this fabulous communication system and in the background right the price of all this convenience and uh, systems of culture or system of control whichever way you want to look at it uh, there's this 
whole industry behind it. There's a war industry, there's a human and sex and child trafficking industry, there's a drug trafficking industry, you know, there's a corruption industry, you know, there's all this really horrific stuff that's happening all around the world, you know, while we sit in our little comfy houses and congratulate ourselves that we have worked on our shadow self, uh, you know, because our mommy got mad at us. And I'm not, you know, and I say that, and I don't mean to denigrate any kind of personal stuff that you've got going in with you, but, but it's time to grow up and put these things in perspectives. Uh, one of my favorite stories is, you know, there's a whole movement, you know, especially women, but some boys too, of anorexia. Uh, and there's two things that just blew my mind about that whole thing. And, and you know, at the the therapeutic model around anorexia is it's an issue of control uh, and how, you know, when a person has no control in their family life, usually as a child, they control their food. And that's a very legitimate thing that's happening. Uh, the secondary part to that that's different now is there's also a culture of fitting in. So it becomes a competition who can get the thinnest online. Whereas before, what you were doing by yourself was your own little secret. Now it's part of a community and people have a deep need to belong. But the two things that I found fascinating, you know, which is sort of this overall theme about uh, we need to really look at things differently, is that when you restrict food, I remember it was a book, Beauty Myth, that Naomi wrote a long, long, Naomi Wolf wrote a long, long time ago. And it, it talks about how there was 25 college students they had food restriction and they display they talked about like 10 or 15 symptoms that came about for previously uh, these were students that did not have a previous eating disorder and they listed out the symptoms and every single one of them was a traditional anorexic symptom you know cutting up the food putting it into tiny bite size separating on the plate all these weird little things right and at the end of the study it says this was 25 adult college age men. These are not guys who are thinking about I need to be thin so that you know I have power and control in my life. It was purely a chemical reaction based on massive food restriction. It did have no it had no emotional, behavioral, trauma, childhood capacity to it at all. And so while there'll always be a tiny group of you know, boys and girls who might move into an anorexic state because of things that are going on at home, it's become a trend fueled by, you know, this idea that we all want to have something wrong with us so we can be special. Uh, the second thing that I loved about blowing, you know, some of the therapeutic models out of the water <laughs> Uh, was a model, I can't remember, it was the gal who was in that movie with, uh, her name I think is Carrie something, uh, Mickey O'Rourke, they were in that movie Nine Weeks, so she was beautiful, uh, beautiful body, she became super anorexic and a uh, heroin addict, and at some point she ended up going overseas to, I, I forget which country, it was in Asia somewhere, where there was massive starvation, and she had a reality check. Here she was starving herself for whatever, you know, her thing was in her mind. I need to look good for Hollywood. I need to be loved by my boyfriend, whatever her thing was. 
And here she was faced with real starvation of children and what that really looked like. And she said that was it. That was the last time she ever had any need to focus on herself and her anorexia. Uh, And I just don't think in Western culture and society, we understand the luxury, not all of us, but a lot of us, the luxury of having Uh, the ability to pick and choose what we want to see and hear so that we can create a bubble that's comfortable for us, where we fit in, where we feel like we're having maybe a meaningful life, uh, where we're pursuing our passion, uh, where we're, and this is, you know, one of the things that drives me crazy, this idea that somehow we're entitled to a perfect life with perfect relationships and perfect health and a perfect body and perfect income and a perfect community and a perfect country as if we have no responsibility for contributing and we have no reason to experience anything other than perfect when if you go almost anywhere else in the world their bubble looks wildly different And yet, oftentimes, they are infinitely happier, except for the group that gets caught up in all the the, uh, outcomes of or the effects of us as cause being, uh, you know, we need this, we need that, you know, we don't want to pay a lot of money, Uh, you know, what goes on in China, what goes on in Africa, what goes on, you know, in the factories. I mean, there's all this stuff that goes on that fuels our lifestyle so that we live in a bubble of comfort and entitlement and can contemplate our navel and the trauma of you know somebody getting mad at us when we were little versus you know children getting pimped out by their parents so they can you know eat that night so I just don't have a lot of patience and to me that's the growing up part and there's not a lot of reason to want to do that because and this is where I've always had a lot of trouble because you know in social work nobody wants to take responsibility they want to be a victim to the cult to the system and the system should take care of them I need a place to live I need money to live uh, I need clothes I need ride I need uh, my antibiotics filled I need uh, this I need that and they just look at you right and is that all? That was always the question. Is that all? You're not going to do something else? <laughs> and it was really hard to be patient. Uh, and I just got so tired of that because it's not charity. It's not support in the sense that, you know, they're not, uh, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, in third world countries, there's something called microloans. And there, you know, you have infinitely more poverty than in America. Uh, but you have mostly women that will take out a $25 loan so they can start a business, whether it's uh, sewing or whether it's uh, you know selling food or whatever. They'll start some kind of little business with that micro loan, 25 50 bucks is usually all it is. They have, I think, a 95 or higher percent repayment rate to those loans because that to me is stepping in and offering a hand that to me is what we're here to do we're not here you know to just when I stand in line you know in the grocery stores and I watch what people uh, spend their uh, food stamps they're called EBT or their SNAP benefits now but you know what people spend that money on it's candy it's soda it's chips 
it's not money that says you know let me feed my children so they develop into healthy children and become productive members of society and you know there's a whole bunch of reasons for that and my goal isn't to talk about that my goal is to talk about that's a real thing and in the midst of all that why it's so difficult to be somebody who says I want to be a grown-up I want to participate I want to see the truth and then I want to do something that's important even if the most I can do is just pray every day for those who need my prayers and there's no like there's no external reward no one's going to pat you on the back it's such a self-motivated thing I think that's part of the problem you have to have some kind of internal reward system uh, to keep that going because you're not going to get external reward nobody's going to even know what you're doing because all it looks like is you're getting up every day going about your business and then going to sleep right who cares you're not famous you're not rich you haven't changed the world and nobody knows the truth except for you and those that are non-physical whether you believe in God or spirit or angels or whatever version of uh, non-physical that you may feel connected to and so I say this whole idea that we are at war because we are and every day it gets worse Uh, and like you every day I look at it and I think really it's so hard to believe but I think the problem is is it's not bombs in the street you know it's really bombs in our body and not everybody's going to get hit and even those uh, who could get hit may not get hit. I mean, that's sort of the the reality of war is you never know who's going to be a casualty. But it doesn't mean anything until it happens to you. And I think, you know, right now in Ukraine, uh, one of the things that the media is not talking about, so depending, you know, where you get your sources, but, you know, there's because of social media, there's a lot of people talking to their friends in Ukraine. And in Kiev, you know, Russia hasn't taken out the power, they haven't taken out the Wi-Fi, they haven't taken out the electricity, they haven't taken out the transportation. So people in Kiev were having a basic normal life until a couple days ago when the word came down that things are escalating. And all of a sudden, for them now there's a war and we're so much the same way we can't really relate to it until it happens or something happens to us but the good thing about when bad things start to happen to us is it really often kicks up the motivation and you know one of the things that's making me really happy is I'm finally seeing men rise up because now things are happening to them they care about what's happening. They're moving past their need to be famous, their need to be special, their need to be powerful, their need to be competitive, and looking to those people that they were competing against and saying, you know what, uh, I don't think, I think those are the, the activities of a child, and it's time for me to grow up and be a man. And that makes me so happy because. To me, that's my signal internally that I can now let go. And there's no logic to all of this. I'm just sort of walking you through the energetic pieces of it. Because when men finally start doing something, 
against and within this war that we're all in the middle of, whether you want to see it that way or not, that the women can let go energetically, hopefully, and let go of a lot of that masculine energy that we're functioning in the world with, sort of relax and start doing our work, which is the feminine work. So we both need to see and hear what's true and what's real. But we have very different roles in this process. And until we make that decision that I want to be a grown-up, and I don't say that lightly because uh, I think it's difficult to even know what that means. I mean, I recognize I don't have a lot of that because I never had children. I mean, I had animals, and I treat my animal the way I would a child in terms of being responsible. But, but you know, it's difficult to know what that means in the world today. And there's so little uh, external accountability. And so when I was listening to... Uh, you know that the podcast I was telling you about, and listening to the host and the guest talking about, you know, their tiny traumas and their shadow work, and you know, pursuing uh, fun stuff, having you know, improv and learning Japanese and doing all this fun stuff. You know, I'm like, dude, next week you may not be able to have to get food. Like, what are you talking about? It's just so hard for me to see how people are still engaging in the superficial stuff when there's like real things happening and you know there's a balance you can't be all heavy and hard but but we're in a war you know I one of the things the best examples I think was England where uh, you know they believed that uh, Hitler believed if he bombed uh, England that they would submit to him and what happened uh, is you know when they bombed I forget what the city was Ugh, all this brain stuff uh, when they bombed wherever they bombed in uh, England the people didn't they went from not caring about the war to being like 95% pro-war and that's what I mean nobody cares unless it happens to them but their their uh, national response was no we're not going to submit to you now we know there's a real war happening and they engaged in such a way that what I think is a really good balance they not only did they uh, you know they how do we protect the children whether that was right or wrong you know they sent the kids into the the middle of the the country off the islands you know they families just took kids in and you know, trying to get everybody kept alive through this uh, period in case, you know, the shores were invaded. And, you know, I don't, we don't really understand, you know, the level of brutality that happened uh, when people came across the, you know, into the country. And so, you know, how do we protect the women? How do we protect the children? Uh, I mean, they went into high gear, uh, you know, farming, doing all these things to actively engage in this idea that we are at war but the other thing they did and this is where my weakness shows up and so I'm tossing it back to you guys is they also refused to give in to the 100% severity of the issue they would just board all their windows up make it really dark or cover all their windows but they would still dance they would still laugh they would still get together and and socialize 
they did both and to me that's the best example of all of this they knew they were in a war they did the collective things required to recognize the fact that we are in a war they didn't just sit in their houses and hope for the best you know they didn't hide out in the woods and pray that the enemy didn't get that far they came together as a country and recognized this is bad and this is what we need to do but they didn't give up their humanity they still maintain socialization they still maintain connection and to me you know that's the perfect uh, model of what's real what can I see what can I hear how can I engage but I'm not going to let you take everything from me and that's my weakest component is as, as much as I get frustrated you know watching and listening to people talk about things that are so irrelevant and unimportant uh, at the same time I'm way too far off in the other direction and I totally understand that so I'm not coming to you saying this is what you should do how you should feel how you should be I'm just recognizing that there's so much to what's happening right now and how overwhelming it is you know it's hard to do it's hard to watch it's hard to grasp uh, it's hard to pretend it's not happening anymore you know because at some point we've all got a family member that's having something happen with them now uh, it's extremely difficult period in our time and it takes so much strength courage fortitude tenacity perseverance you know all the traits that I like but not something that's going to necessarily get you patted on the back for but I just believe that if we are here in this moment and in this time we have the choice decide to decide who we want to be and how we want to deal with it and to me you know that's our superpower we have all the tiny moments we have all the daily decisions that are either being you know part of the solution or part of the problem we're either making the world stronger better or we're pretending like we're not participating and that usually results in us being manipulated being taken advantage of and it takes a huge amount of energy to be able to commit to this idea that you know I'm gonna do what my spirit and my heart and my human part of me are calling me to do uh, when you're when you're like the only one doing it right it's so hard so uh, I just really want to uh, say that out loud uh, there's just no you know there's just no uh, fast easy solutions to any of this uh, there's no simplicity to it it's it's a constant game of uh, awareness and adaptation and decision making and changing your mind and making a plan and having that plan fall apart and having to adapt and at this point we're not even in the heat of battle as they say we're not even close to the heat of battle and so you know my real belief about all of this is we can't stop what's happening we can't save anybody from what's happening but we can find our way through and I think if we can find our way through then I believe you know those of us who are wired like this are meant to help build something good and new and strong and powerful that's based on the principles of what I was talking about at the beginning the strength of the masculine and the power and strength of the feminine I think when we remember those things within ourselves 
when we start to own those parts of ourselves that our soul is just craving for us to do. Uh, and that's really grow up. You know, everybody likes to use that term, wake up. Well, wake up is not enough. You can watch and see and hear stuff all day long. But if if nothing changes, if we don't own our participation in this process, I won't say every day because we all need a break, but pretty much every day, then we are not being grown-ups. And I don't need an 18-year-old to be a grown-up, but I need, you know, a 50-year-old and a 60-year-old to be a grown-up because this is it. You know, it doesn't, we don't get younger. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that we don't do enough to uh, positively reinforce being a grown-up because right now every system in America and Australia and Canada uh, and Europe is designed to tear anybody who wants to be a grown-up apart whether they're dismantling your business uh, whether they're restricting your transportation whether taking away your job uh, whether they're trying to take control of your children I mean we're just in this really terrible crazy place of punishing and persecuting anybody who wants to be a grown-up and I think that's the key why why would in a war you want to take out the grown-ups because they're the only ones who are gonna get to the other side of this and if you can eliminate enough of the grown-ups the people who will run into the danger the people who will work in the background the people who will uh, stock the supplies and do the transportation all the support systems you need in a war if you take those people out it's over everything's over and it's easy and you've won so you know we're in a war anybody who wants to be a grown-up is the target for this war and it's not easy but I believe that we are born and we came here for this moment in time we have what we need within us. We all have a different role to participate within this process. And it's not about being famous and it's not about success or status or recognition or reward or any of that stuff. It's just our own personal journey and what's important to us. And the bottom line question is, do I want to be a grown-up in this war because it's going to be hard and I'm not going to win but at least I can go through this knowing that I did the best I could do and I think that's pretty much all we can ask for so that's going to be today kind of part one part two tomorrow I'm going to talk a little bit more about the practical sides of these things the how uh, what it really means for us on a day-to-day -day level so with that I'm going to take a big old deep breath with you, and I will see you next time.